Hi, I'm Billy Ray Cyrus. Hi, I'm Alex Maxwell, and I see little old people. <laughs> and I'm Nathan Little, and today we're talking about uh, the David Lynch film Mulholland Drive. We all watched Ooh, it Lindsay. last night. Uh, we all had some mixed reactions to it, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yes! Um, so, I, 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 of the three of us, I'm the only one, I believe, that has seen anything David Lynch. Yeah, I feel I should haven't. just I should clear up what this is though. So we're we're trying out a thing that we're calling for the minute film club, subject to change. Um, First rule of um, film club: don't talk about. Film. <laughs> no, please. So do. yeah, we'll move straight on. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so essentially, what we're doing is one of us this week. It was Nathan is going to suggest a film that either he has seen or like none of us have seen. And we're going to all watch it in the same week, preferably when lockdown lifts together, but as of right now, separately. And then the next day or that week, we will then talk about our thoughts on it. And Nathan, as he said, this week has picked Mulholland Drive, which I was ecstatic about. Not because I'm a big Lynch fanboy or a fan of the film, but because I just know what David Lynch is like. And I cannot wait to hear how much Alex hates it. I went in completely <laughs> blind. Um, I had this kind of preconception that David Lynch is this very well-known director, which he is, like, that's mm -hmm. not untrue. I just thought in my head I knew what a David Lynch film would be like, and it'd just be like, very good. And that's subjective, obviously. I, I mm -hmm. hated it. I fucking hated it. I <laughs> hated that film. Uh, that two hours and 20 minutes, that was. Like, yeah. And I will I never was... get it back. So excited. <laughs> I literally, when Nathan said Mulholland Drive, I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> please, the thing is, please I, hate this. <laughs> I think it was such a... a it, so it wasn't my suggestion. Hazel had suggested it because she's quite a big David Lynch fan. We'd right. watched Twin Peaks together. So I kind of knew what I was going into because I had seen Twin Peaks. And Twin Peaks is very... The way that he directs actors is very, very similar. The way that he writes the dialogue is... is from At least from the two things that I've seen... <laughs> Yeah. consistent across the board of, of, of the, at least those two um, so I kind of knew what I was getting into yeah well for, it. for I knew um, it was going to be I've never actually seen anything he's made David Lynch no. which is weird because I'd like I really immerse myself in filmmakers and auteurs and stuff like that but I've never been interested really uh, because I think one thing that perfectly sums him up there was someone I knew at university on our course um, I can't remember who it was but um they, I was talking to them. They were talking about Twin Peaks, and they said the say they said the phrase, uh, "Twin Peaks is American horror story for people with taste." And I was like, "Okay, Wanker. you've just you've just told me everything I need to know about David Lynch fans and his films, and I'm I'm out." Yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing was like his interview stuff. So there's like that really great clip of him being like when he's getting interviews, and he's like, "Believe it or not, Eraserhead's my most spiritual film." And the guy's like, "Elaborate on that," and he goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And I mean so that, at the same on the same token like you've said that about the guy at uni. Like yeah. I I think I sent cuz after after watching it very similar to Danny Darko I was like what the fuck have I just mm -hmm. watched? And I'm going to read what other people think. And I I sent I sent through last night a, a snippet of a review that was in Empire. And it's a set in a hyper noir LA. Enveloped in night, the color and texture of a bruise, the film pulsates with disquiet. 
And with the waving anemone strands of its storylines, Lynch weaves a tapestry of unease. Right, listen, I will just say, if you read anything like Shakespeare prose, it's going to sound wanky. It is wanky! <laughs> it is! I agree, I agree it is. I agree That is the most bull... There's, it's accurate. It's accurate, but put your fucking thesaurus down wanky. and use regular words. <laughs> and the thing is, he says, like, he uses, you know, builds this uh, thing of disquiet. Yeah. And uh, then later uses, in the same paragraph, the word unease. But when I looked up, like, I've heard, like, disquiet, disquieting, like, I've heard it mm-hmm. used. I've never heard someone just use disquiet as, like, a noun. I've never heard it before. It means unease. Oh, I know. To be well, fair, any good, with any good writer right like, should use a thesaurus rather than just using yeah, the you same wouldn't use words the same over word. and over. Yeah, I know, but that wasn't the. Old. I read the whole thing and it sucked. I was like, "Fuck <laughs> me!" Did you like? I have like, a fairly more big vocabulary less than the film. Hey? I haven't um, consumed anything after watching it, mainly because I finished it at three a.m. <laughs> uh, but yeah. this morning I didn't. But normally I would like. I was talking about when I watched Synecdoche, New York, mm-hmm. uh, and I immediately went on and started watching video essays and stuff like that because you think you have an understanding of something and then you want to expand it more. But I didn't on this occasion, and I think I, it just all suddenly clicked into place with me what it was all about. I I could be completely wrong, but I I, I thought I got it. Uh, but we'll get to that, I suppose. Yeah. Well, let's say, uh, let's say first of all, if you haven't seen it, we are going to be talking about it. Pretty. Yeah. Spoiler happy, trigger happy with spoilers. So if you care, but, but don't we watch could this. Just, we could just be wrong, you know. <laughs> we could also be wrong. I mean, we're going to talk it's about spoiler the film. tastic, but we could just completely we, interpret we could, it the wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of the thing. I think because when I did start looking up, I was like, because the credits, <laughs> me and Hazel watched it together. It was like on the black screen. I was like, don't do this, don't do this. I need more. What's happening right now? What the? F-? And, and the then the credits started rolled. appearing. I was like, oh for fuck's sake, what? <laughs> I was like, immediately on Billy my phone, Ray like, Cyrus is so high up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He must have helped finance this. Like, what is happening? <laughs> he well, was like the third name. Also, I want to point out about that Billy Ray Cyrus scene. He hears the woman he's sleeping with, presumably to him, because he can't see it, being beaten up in the next room. Yeah. And he mm. still takes the time to hop out of bed and put a vest and jeans on. Like, ah, it's Billy Ray no Cyrus. rush. <laughs> Get me mullet in place. True. <laughs> True. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I was just thinking, why the fuck is Billy Ray Cyrus here? When What's when when he, when he, when Justin Theroux opened the door, <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus inside bed. I laughed out <laughs> just loud. Just like this. Yeah. <laughs> it was just howdy. <laughs> Forget you ever saw it. Was the line. I was thinking, yeah. who is that relaxed in I that laughed situation? Out loud. And I'm sure it was deliberate that mm. it was supposed to make you laugh because David Lynch is sort of kooky and he. But oh yeah, I, have you seen? I, I don't know if you've loud. seen. Oh, you guys haven't seen it. He has a Netflix short film. I didn't enjoy it, but he it's him <laughs> having a conversation with a monkey. Oh, so David Lynch. It's I didn't enjoy it, but it's so he's just he's a strange. <laughs> what did man. they talk kinda, about? Um, I don't know. Fuck off. No, it's quite serious. <laughs> it's like heart to heart with a monkey. Race war. Yeah. Yeah. Genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Sexism. Um, so I mean, I don't know what, I, like I've I've made not like in depth notes. I kind of was just like anything that sort of sprung to mind. A Same. lot of it is, it's less to do with story because I feel like we could talk about that. And it was more about um, 
the way that he was using camera movements, which is something I felt was quite prominent in the film. There was lots yeah. of like pushing in very, very quickly and lots of POV yeah. shots. Handheld POVs. Lots and lots of that to like like that scene outside the diner where they're moving towards that wall in of itself is a very, very yeah. kind of bland shot, but the obviously the following on from that scene that he was saying about this dream that he had and it was this person and that he was frightened of and the guy was frightened in as well in this dream. It kind of sets up that yeah. thing where you're like, there's something around the corner, something's about to happen, yeah. and it keeps pushing in and pushing in until that... And, um, I, and because I've but, seen enough, yeah. enough cinema and enough horror and anything like that, I, I was obviously expecting something to come. But when that thing appeared... I was so horrified. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I I love horror films and stuff like that, but man, that thing, I nearly shat my pants. Yeah, it is hor- horrible looking. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty grim. But I think the the main thing, if if you're gonna go and watch it, because uh, you know, me and Max went in essentially blind. Yeah, um, having not seen any David Lynch, I had probably heard even less than Max. Yeah, I at least knew what he was about. Yeah, if you're looking for a story as a beginning, a middle, and an end, if if you're looking for linear storytelling, fuck off right now. You're not gonna get it. It's yeah, that's yeah. not what it's about. It's 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 not even non-linear storytelling. You look at like Pulp Fiction, which is like a, a non-linear story. It's not plot. It's it's very much. I mean, there's plot within it. I um, would disagree. Yeah, yeah I, I disagree. I I would say uh, that there is maybe it's maybe it's because not it's like you didn't understand the film. I think it was like it it was more of like you can fuck out I of felt, it. <laughs> I felt I felt the same. I was like, what is happening? And then I think maybe I well I don't know what Max you thought the film was about, but I think when it does click, whatever your interpretation is, you're like. I see that is that yeah. and then you're like you have to kind of backtrack it from the point of when you clock what's going on or what you think is going on. Yeah. You're like okay that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense. Exactly. But as you're um, following it along it's very it feels disjointed. Well yeah, at the end I will say I basically said one of my final notes was is this just the story of someone very mentally unwell? Like well, genuinely yes. as a genuine yeah. thought I was thinking okay well she's clearly uh, disassociated in a massive way at some point and you know there's pieces to put together and I'm aware of it Yeah. but it's still just too fucking bizarre and there's bits <laughs> that don't ever really get picked back up and that frustrates yeah. me oh, and I'll explain, I, I'll like explain why my interpretation covers that mm. um, I'll, I'll just I'll, I guess I'll give it a sort of general view like I started out hating the film me I too. really, really did. Uh, I, I was like, God, this is fucking slow. The audio's clearly overdubbed. It feels like it's from 91, not 2001. And it's just like, oh, man, this is just... And then there's parts of it that I'm like, it's so wanky. And then there's parts that are really good where it's like building tension. And then they'll cut to Justin Theroux's scenes and they completely ruin the pace. And it's like, he's got this weird, cool dude thing going at the start. And that does change <laughs> later. I will also just add Justin Theroux has the worst trim in the history of cinema. He also got the worst smile. He goes like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that I found that really disjointing. 
and then there was so much stuff like characters coming into it and suddenly disappearing from it and being like who were they what, what was that about what was, what was, what's yeah. cow, what's the cowboy guy all about what's cultural appropriation landlord doing you know like, <laughs> yeah i did i did question that i said is is that is she meant to be no i think i don't really know um but yeah. anyway and then so i was starting to think okay big car crash at the start she's dead right mm-hmm. um betty may have died on that airplane and the director may okay. have died in some other way and they're all in um purgatory is what i was thinking watching it and all of these okay. characters that are coming into it are angels or whatever you'd say to mm. guide them on a path as to whether they get to heaven or hell okay so um for instance the old people at the start who when they get betty into la and then they start like maniacally laughing in the car it's because they're like demons and they're like haha we've got her into purgatory mm. you know right that's what i was thinking and then <laughs> uh then they show at the end what happens um and i get it because i can't believe i'm saying this but david lynch has made a film that i think is really good and really works with the reveal that it was all a dream yeah right so she wakes up from a dream and then then it shows the stuff from her real life where it's like the um i've forgotten uh rita's real name but her in her camilla, in, camilla. Yeah, yeah camilla in diane's real life yeah was her ex-lover and then leaves her for this director and her life falls apart and then she hires yeah. a hit on diane on mm-hmm. on Camilla. Camilla and then the blue key signifies that she is now dead and that's te- tearing her apart and then she can't tell the difference between what's real and a dream anymore so she kills herself at the end that's how i saw it that and the fact that is... it's all a dream makes sense because this, you see like the cowboy guy was just like some guy that walked past her at a dinner party and see, that's I why i interpreted yeah. that slightly differently like i actually if that is the case, although it is kind of that it was all a dream, it wasn't all a dream because there's some yeah. story after that. I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. rather it be yeah. kind of three quarters in than the end, obviously. Yeah. It's, I don't love it, but it would kind of make sense-ish. Yeah. But I actually, one of the things that the, in the conversation between the director and the cowboy, he says, like, if you do this right, if you're good, you'll see me one more time. If you're bad, you'll see me two more times. And I think when I was watching it, at that point in time, that's the second point in time that she's seen the cowboy. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm. So there's. And when do we see him again? Because that's the first time we see him. Yeah. And the second time's in the dinner party. Is that the third time we see him? That's the third time he's in the dinner party. And the second time he's like... I can't remember where he is, but it, they cut to him. Uh, I think it might be when they find oh, the dead he, body. He, he says, wake up. He says to her, like, wake oh, up. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first time she's seen him. and the, well, That's the first time we see her see him. And, and then the she sees him again at the dinner, dinner party. party. Yeah. And that's yeah. almost like an indication that she did bad at some point. Yeah. And mm. so, therefore, she's fucked through him. I like to think it's Max's interpretation because that's far well, more... So <laughs> yeah. my, my interpretation was very similar to Max's, except the point at which 
it happens is different. So my interpretation was that all of the things that had happened prior to this sort of realization that, of, of the audience that we see that it's actually Diane um, is in the car on the way to the party. So she's in her head thinking like, what if her car crashed and died? Not, mm-hmm. Well, she didn't die, but she, well, everyone died. Her car yeah. crashed. But now she's got amnesia. So she could be my lover again because she doesn't know who she is. And the entire yeah. thing is like her imagination on the way to that party. And we find out, actually, maybe they were together, maybe they weren't. We're not, I, I don't yeah. think we quite know. But she's jealous that Camilla is actually with, um, is he Adam in the Adam. in the real life? Yeah. But yeah, he yeah. is in the... He's still Adam. Right, so he's lives, still Adam. I believe. So she's jealous that they're together. Whether yeah. they were together or not, I'm not entirely sure. But I think, yes, it's still like a dream. But in my imagination, I feel like it was it was less of like a dream. And it was more of like she was thinking of the things that could happen for them to be together. Like okay, daydream. I see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. That too makes sense. Yeah. I hate it. So, kind of the thing that triggers all of that is the sequence in Silencio. The kind of mm-hmm. that's how we get back to quote unquote real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's in Silencio. They've had this like weird looking key. I've written funky key, comma funky. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, and that was not good. Yeah. Not even. I wasn't. It. I wasn't taking <laughs> it seriously at that point in time. Um, and then the box that that key opens appears in Betty's purse. They yeah. go home. Yeah. Betty's gone. And yeah. it, I, I did kind of write down like, was Betty ever there? Is Camilla Betty? It was something that I was trying to clock. I was like, mm. she yeah. opens the box and it. We, zo- we, the audience, we the camera into the zooms box. into the box, into the blackness. Yeah. And I was like, did she just get fucking sucked into this box? Is that... <laughs> what the fuck is going on? The way I saw it I was... Hated that. <laughs> the blue key is, um, is a MacGuffin through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, so this is clearly an important thing. And then when um, she finally gets the key and unlocks the box, she sort of falls in it and then the fact that she falls down that is that to me felt like when you're in a dream and you something just like happens gonna... and you, just, you finally unlock it and you fall through something and then mm. you wake up because you've fallen so it's just that box is the MacGuffin the whole way through of her way to wake up and she needs to find the key to wake it up and the reason that there's a blue key is because in real life she's got the actual blue key blue thing key. and it's just her brain making those you know interpretations of that thing that's Blue how key I saw the it. Full of money. That yeah, for the hit. Mm. That's that's that when they were in the diner, and they were saying about like you got to pay. I was like, it's gonna be the fucking purse, isn't it? It's gonna be a purse full of money, and it's just like it's almost like that whole. It is though. You, it's almost like the same purse. But it's not. But just like less money. Quite. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of how the, I suppose that's kind of how dreams are. It's like exactly it's, it's right. The, yeah. It's the thing, but like not quite quite it's a bit different and that's kind of the the thing that i found through the whole film was just how 
it was just so like uncanny valley all the time yeah. like things are happening and you're like this is really weird and i can't figure out why and yeah one that is because that is david lynch films for a one if mm-hmm. you've seen twin peaks or if you go and watch twin peaks it's very very similar the dialogue is quite um weird the <laughs> acting is a bit weird um but then twin peaks is also about like this kind of like is it supernatural is it not like there's there's that kind of element to it so you can kind of you can kind of understand you're like oh well maybe they're all just a bit weird maybe they're impacted by the supernatural thing whatever yeah but in this it's like oh it makes sense because it's a dream or it's daydreaming it's not real life whatever it is and you can kind of be like oh it all makes sense now why what i was watching was so strange yeah yeah and i feel like you you feel like you're clever even though you're not that's how i felt after like that reveal i was like yeah i figured it out yeah but it but i'm still so confused (laughs) i think yeah like i figure parts of it out and then there's parts of it that i'm still like what was that about yeah well now that you've got we're kind of settling in on kind of dream daydream essentially Mm -hmm. up until a particular point isn't real Mm. i think actually the silencio sequence lends credence to that and that it's almost if that's the case that scene is the movie telling you that that is the case yeah because the whole time he's saying there's no band it that that scene is do not believe what you're seeing yeah none of it's real yeah and it's from that point on it's interesting does that mean everything you have seen hasn't been real or everything you're gonna see isn't real and yeah. that that's kind of the mm. head fuck of it like it even tricks the audience because when that when that uh the the spanish lady was singing that song it was like really it was drawing me in and mm-hmm. kind of you think okay that bit about everything's recorded on a tape but the kind of bow burnham like boing yeah i did think of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the the two a t like blocking of yeah. that particular yeah. section he leaves someone else comes on and i'm like okay it's a new bit in this yeah bizarre yeah. show she's singing this song and then collapses but the mm. song's still being sung he keeps yeah. Going, yeah so it it's done the trick of it's done the trick it's just shown you again you've fallen for it immediately but maybe mm. it's not the second time you've fallen for it it's actually the third because the rest of the film has been well the, i think that's yeah. the that thing point. it's the the thing that and i you can you i mean you have to give props to david lynch for doing that because that is it's basically he's telling you straight up in the film very very obviously this thing is about to happen you're about to fall for it again yeah and then does it again in the same scene and you go how could i forget i've literally just yeah. watched that thing happen and i mean like that is a good Direction <laughs> you feel like a fucking like, idiot. <laughs> but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like that is good directing. That is yeah. good yeah. writing. That's writing. good storytelling. Yeah. You there know, that's one, one thing in that that I couldn't figure out. A man with a mustache comes out onto the stage, mm-hmm. and I swear we've seen him already in the film, but I cannot yes, remember for he the turns life of me up, where he turns up at the door of um, Justin. Is it Justin Theroux's house? Or he's he's, in, he's someone that's knocks on a door at some point mm. um but again that's that's just it he's um as is everyone in that 
in that film who's like a side character who you're like yeah where 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 have we seen them before or what were they all about we've not even they seen come them back. it's because in in Diane's real life they were just passing figures that she, her dream brain has projected a personality yeah, well, and a voice onto so all of their audio this. is overdubbed and the the at times the um the sound mixing is just actively bad and you're like why does it sound so shit i, I don't get it like why is the dialogue so quiet and it, it mm. just all pays into this this weird like you were talking about before like this fever dream atmosphere mm. and this creepy eerie silence that just drifts all the way through it that you're like whatever is going on here there is something up with this place that they're in yeah and that i'm glad you mentioned the silence dream. actually because that was one of the big things that i'd written down watching it i'm like the the ability to not have music there is so yeah. strong in this sometimes film, audio that... so there are yeah. moments where they cut like yeah. I think it is silence. It's not even yeah. There, like are, there are bits, ambient. but then there's, but when you have like, because then they start bringing in that like kind of synth music for the, yeah. the bits, you start to really feel like holy shit, something's happening because the music is now coming in and something important is about to go down. Yeah. Like mm. when they go into the the apartment where um, they're looking for Diane Selwyn, and they go like she's like that was the one thing I couldn't understand. I was like, why is she climbing into this house? Yeah. And again, it's the same thing, like, it makes sense. All right, it's all a dream. Nothing, kind of like nothing matters. Yeah. Everything's ex- exaggerated, that kind of thing. But they go into they have there. They have police at the start investigating the crash. Nothing comes yeah. up. Yeah. It's yeah. all a dream. I was going to say that. Yeah. But what, what I was saying about that, that the, the bit I was saying about that with the music, mm. as soon as you hear that when they're about to, I think, I don't know if it's when they're about to go in or when they go knock on the door, but as soon as you hear the music, you're like, something is now not right yeah because through the whole of this sequence there's been no music and now there is and this is going to be something really big and then she opens the door she's like yeah and you're like dead bodies in there those point of but that point of even though you know what's going to come you know they're going to find a body that slow like point of view movement towards it yeah you just kind of like and the face you don't want to see the face yeah Mm. like even when you see the face it's not really much of a You don't know. It got yeah. shot off, didn't it? Did, did. But then is that like a premonition? Does she see her own suicide? Or has yeah. it already happened? It's like what's it's a premonition, right? In theory. In in, oh, in the way that I inter- in, yeah, yeah, in our interpretation. In the way that yeah. I interpreted it, it's she wakes up from the dream and then kills herself. Yeah. Maybe it's a mix. Yeah. Maybe it's a dream and she's in purgatory and it's all fucking David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, because in the in the dream, she hasn't the her neighbor hasn't picked up her things yet, and then in yeah. real life you see her come around and pick up the things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she picks up the ashtray, but then immediately the ashtray. And then is the back. ashtray is back. So mm-hmm. then is she is she dreaming again? Is she just fantasizing? Because then that's that the comes thing. Another sex scene. Can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One Can is reality address... and one's not though. That's. The... Kind of the, the next, if we're gonna go to a, a point of a point of conversation, can mm-hmm. we address the the characters that we see that don't end up having much of a relevance or a, apparent relevance, um, yeah. and kind of just explore what we think they're for? Um, yeah. So, kind of, namely, the two guys in the diner. 
in the in mm-hmm. kind of like the beginning yeah. where he's talking about his nightmare, which is nightmarey. Um, yeah. The 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 guy who's kind of controlling everything from that from that room with the perspex yeah. glass. Yeah. And he seems to be pulling the strings everywhere, but then kind of from halfway through the film, he's not really mm-hmm. around again. Um, and I'd like to talk about the hitman a little bit. That sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we start with the guys in the dream, but not the guys in the dream. In the the guys That's all of them. About the dream. Yeah. <laughs> the guys talk about the dream, and you well, almost feel like it's a dream. Because when he's outside, you have that moment where he's speaking, but it's like, yeah. mm. well, which is one something of them, that happens in dreams. One of them, the the eyebrows guy, is staring right at her in real life at Diane when she's in the diner when she's ordering the hit. She's getting stared yeah. at. Yeah. And then his scene, and it's where in... he says he sees the man. Yeah. No. Well, no. It's the same diner, but it's not the same scene. Okay. No, no, no. But so he says, his, like, in his dream, he sees, happen. he sees the person that he's frightened of in the place. Oh, uh, right. He's yes. Stood. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, to me, he seemed like a character in Diane's brain. I keep trying to go. I'm going to say Betty in Diane's brain. That is sort of the catalyst for how she's thinking. In that everything he describes at the start about having these horrible nightmares that he can't tell if they're real or not is what happens to her. So mm. her brain then picks up that from him. And I don't know, it's it's tricky in it. But uh, that's sort of how I thought about it. He seems like he's the one that's setting it all off for her. Because he sees, she sees him early on in her you know, journey in real life when she orders the hit for the first time. So he's one of the first people she sees. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Nate? I don't have an explanation for it, honestly. Yeah. It's the, th- the thing is, so the, the, my, I guess this is the interpretation for all the characters is that it's kind of inconsequential. They don't, mm-hmm. if they don't have a, a relevance to the, the, they're there for a reason, and he knew what they were. And I think. <laughs> It's open to interpretation because I don't even think he said what the actual meaning of the film is. I think the whole point is that yeah, things are there to be open to interpretation, and you believe what they are, yeah. whether it's right or not. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, that's true. it's. I think it's interesting because they were all men, all those characters, and in my notes, I I had written mm. down while watching it, every male character in this is absolutely abhorrent, and I want to punch them in the face. Um. <laughs> And I think. Why do you think those that, two guys fall under that character? That ca- characteristic. Well, I mean, they're, they're just sort of like weird dudes, aren't they? Like the the guy that he's talking to is has a very manipulative vibe about him. Um, you know, trying the to. The other one doesn't have very nice eyebrows. And, and the other one's got horrible <laughs> eyebrows and sees horrible <laughs> muddy hobos. Um, no, but like, all right, for, for the most part, most of the main males in this uh, uh weird and actively bad people yeah um and i just sort of interpreted that at the end of being that you know in diane's life all of the things that she's you know suffering from have sort of to her been caused by men her career's mm. going down the t- toilet because a director that hired 
uh, Camilla instead of her didn't like her. He's a man. The oh my god! Ex- creepy film execs and stuff like that. Uh, it's just in hit life. Oh, when you said that, we've had a realization. The guy. So yeah, it's about one of these characters. That guy sitting in the chair. Yeah. It's her imagination of why her career failed because it's this one person pulling all the strings that makes it go wrong for her. This is yeah. the girl. You don't hire anyone else. We've already decided who it yeah, is. That makes and sense. she feels like that. She feels like I didn't get a choice. Like I didn't get any of these roles. It's not I didn't get my career because they had already decided it was going to be someone else. This person, this mysterious man pulling all the strings has already decided mm-hmm. and everyone's in on it. That they don't want me. Yeah. But then why does that have any consequence? Because then you've got the sequences with Adam uh, smashing up the car and then he gets tracked down to his house that he's not there at because he's mm. been kicked out of his wife after finding out that she cheated on him. With Billy Ray Cyrus. With Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> if if that's the case, what's why is there so and like his moment with the cowboy, why is that consequential to this guy's actions if he's not real well it's all her interpretation isn't it it's it's just yeah so we have to these bits are still in her dream i suppose she's if if we're not going down the dream route and we're going down more nathan's route of kind of it's still a dream it's still a dream yeah yeah if we're going down that then perhaps you could argue that it's her constructing reason to her completely irrational yeah thought that's exactly that's exactly what it is i i I, and i just think it's then her dream is her brain's nighttime interpretation of that rationale that she's created for herself and how it manifests itself in evil and cruelty and sex and other Mm. you know things that are vices in her life yeah i would say it would maybe explain away some of the issues I had with it um, <laughs> from a kind of film point of view. Mm-hmm. Well, do earlier... you want to go through some of, some of the issues that you have with it? Because it would be interesting to hear. Yeah, it would be funny you... to hear as well. <laughs> golf club. Straight off the bat. Golf club. Who keeps yeah. it at the front door, right? Weird. No, no, no. Not that. In the He's car. in his meeting with the directors. He has the golf club on the table. Why? And it, it seems to me that it oh, it is only there so that he can have it to smash up the fucking car. Yeah. There's well, no it's... other... But in terms of a film... In terms of, like, something having a motivation to be there, even if he'd been golfing, he put it in his car, drove to his meeting, took it back out yeah. of his car to have a meeting. Well, if you think of it this way, like, as maybe that's a thing that happened in real life that Diane knows about, but she's dreaming about it. So the way that her dream makes the connection is there just happened to be a golf club in the room that he was in. Mm. You know how dreams so just make up logic. Golf club. Yeah. yeah, a lot of my issues stem from not knowing what's coming. Yeah, I, I feel like any of your issues now are going to be like um, just it was a dream me though. going. It was a dream, <laughs> yeah. And it reminds me of that scene in uh, Futurama when it's like uh, they're doing like a Comic Con panel and they're all raising like questions about major plots, and then they're like, um, uh, "Anyone that has any more questions about that, any plot holes, a wizard did it." <laughs> Essentially, uh, what else do we have uh, in terms of it as a film, whether it's obscure or 
a dream. Mm -hmm. It's fucking slow to get going. It's slow. <laughs> that is, slow. Yeah, I no, have here, is. from the car crash, for eight minutes, we see Camilla slash Rita walk around, hide mm. in a bush, yeah. fall asleep, wake up, walk some more, lie down, and fall asleep again. You know, I, I actually, I, I very much agree with the fact that it was slow getting at the start, but I thought that scene was necessarily slow. I, I, I could understand that one. You know, it was setting in this uh, idea that she's, you know, not all there. She's, you know, seems concussed and it's revealed mm. to be amnesia and she's really confused. And the fact that she just, you know, she's on a road and she just sees the city lights of LA and her instinct is to walk down through the woods instead of mm. just follow the roads along because it's a straight path. I, I, I feel like that just made sense for that whole sequence to be really slow and I was like, okay, it's building something here. But then it didn't. So that's where my beef comes after it is then it's just really slow and it's like, okay, time to go and cut to Justin Farouk and with his shit haircut and his silly glasses and <laughs> doing cool duke, acting like a cool dude and then... It Eventually anything, that changes, but it's agony to watch at first. But like you said, she's concussed. She's just been in a car accident. Concussed, mm -hmm. concussed, amnesia, whatever. I would want... Not slow. She is concussed. She's walking through this wooded area. She's hiding from any person she sees. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of confused, and you're like, what? what's going on? But I, I would never have thought that would be the choice to go with, with was slow i would go yeah. with kind of shaky or choppy with the angles because she's kind of her head spinning and she's just been a like sort of the car crash it yeah was, mm. nasty yeah, fair, fair play to them for doing that yeah they weren't in the car i'm aware i mean yeah. for, the, for the stunt itself like yeah i did it did it make you think as well like because mm. you can imagine for her it was obviously Really rough being in any car crash's shit, but imagine those kids who were like hanging out the top of the car going in a car crash that fast. You're like, oh, they probably got cut in half. Yeah, mm. she's probably seen some horrible, horrible stuff. Kind of, if it was a modern day film that was a linear plot, you'd get like the she'd be walking through the woods, you'd be like close in on her and then far away, but you'd still hear that like after an explosion that you always get. Also, yeah, anyone making a film, don't use that, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. I hate it. Sorry, back to the film. <laughs> I just thought that that scene in particular is one of the cases of, of there are many in this film where it's just creating this sense of unease and dread in its mm. silence and its building, slow building pace. So I liked it. I, I liked that opening. I just mm. thought then it suddenly gets weird, which yeah. makes sense because it's a dream. It well, makes it was, sense it at the end. It was weird first. I think actually we should, if we're going to start at yeah, the, the start, openings, we the should open, start yeah. at the start of the start. Yeah. Like, this is before opening credits, which is, yeah. it, they are, we'll get to them. The opening, I've written opening, fucking bizarre, immediate <laughs> feeling of what the fuck is going on, maybe yeah. sets the tone or feeling, yeah. which it does. It yeah. does. I don't think it's ever explained or like called back to, I don't, I don't know. Got this, so we'll we've got this purple it. background. Yeah. yeah. There's people dancing, like kind of composited onto this purple. They're just like, woo, yeah. Uh, and they're, then they're we all, kind so they're of all green screens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, then, they're all the same people. Yeah. Like, but then Betty is 
at the very end kind of starts to fade into view mm-hmm. and then it fades out of view again and then we're at the opening credits which is a it's something that thankfully films stopped doing but uh not they haven't stopped doing opening credits <laughs> something that i don't like is like kind of you look at like kind of pre-2000s films i know this is post yeah just mm. long ass opening credits yeah that don't actually the, like the film's not really started it's just yeah unnecessary we see a car driving down a road for the entire of the opening credits and then we're in the car with camilla slash rita slash betty slash diane well she's not betty or diane but is she well no. all right they're not <laughs> <laughs> If, if that's how you <laughs> interpret it, then good for dream. you. <laughs> well, I suppose yeah, it's it's her manifestation of, of Camilla. So in in yeah. a way, it is her because it's her brain creating a person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that opening shot, I, I think uh, it might tie into you know when she's uh, watching the auditions for that weird musical role that Justin Farouk. Mm. Mm. directing maybe it ties into that but i found it very weird it reminded me of the uh the transition shots in austin powers yeah. yes <laughs> definitely that is a very apt, apt but, yeah like that was my that was my instinct for it was just like just picturing him groovy baby groovy baby <laughs> uh, so uh, i i mean i guess we've kind of i would say we've kind of covered at least story and plot of it. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like unless you guys have anything else to add to what you thought, plot-wise, uh, of anything else you wanted to jump in and add. I, I very much wrote down in terms of notes. This is the first time I've written notes for the podcast, and <laughs> it's a lot of them. But they are very much like I've seen something, I've had a thought and written it down, um, and a lot of them are ridiculous and stupid. I put Blondie, <laughs> Blondie from the opening. Rocked up in LAX with her nan and her cardigan, and and just in capital letters, okay, Irene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that gets me onto the point of dialogue. You know, I know, I know, mm-hmm. a time limit, but dialogue and delivery of said dialogue, um, it at the first half of the film, and okay, it's a dream. Yeah, <laughs> but it sucks. Yeah, it's stilted. It's slow. The the guys in the diner, uh, having that conversation about his dream, the pauses between each of their yeah. sentences. It's like someone's taken the raw footage of that and that, chopped it without. They've cut it in the wrong place. Yeah, in yeah. my notes, it, I have in so capitals. So tell me about the dream. What is this dialogue? So in the dream. <laughs> And I'm like, but the thing is, so it's not it's not just a dialogue because in that scene, and I, I I didn't write it down, but I remember thinking it like, his, the the guy with the eyebrows, his facial expressions go from like he's like smiling, and then straight to like nothing, and then says his line, and then it yeah. cuts to the other guy who does a similar thing, and it is really really bizarre. Again, yeah. I knew what like to me I was, because I I kind of knew about what was what. David Lynch was is kind of like not massively because I've not seen any of his other films, but at least in Twin Peaks, you're like, I was like, okay, this is just a bit weird. He's just a weird guy, right? Like, I, I'm just gonna keep going. Like, I didn't particularly think this is gonna be what I guess the yeah. whole film is gonna be like, which it isn't. Uh, you know, after the dream, it does get a little bit less bizarre 
in yeah. the way that the dream is directed. most of the film. Yeah, ninety percent. Yeah, it's about if more three quarters of it. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But the di- I just take issue with the dialogue, and again, mm. it is kind of one of those situations. A wizard did it, whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got. What else do I have? Look at my digs. Times are tough, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, that I that I could not tell in that scene if that guy. I I knew that it was supposed to be weird acting because yeah. I got that from Irene at the start. I, okay, Irene told me Irene. everything I needed to know. So I was like, okay, I get it. But then I was like, I think it's a mix of that and this guy fucking sucks as well. Yeah. <laughs> that check out my digs line. I was Look at like, my digs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cringe. And then, I mean, something that Hannah was aware of already. She was saying like, this is the guy who does all the close-ups, right? And some of them are like, apparently, she couldn't remember it was if it was. David Lynch or someone else, but she was fairly sure it was David Lynch. I said, I, I don't have a fucking clue. But throughout the film, there's a lot of interesting use of close-up. In, yeah. particularly, in particular, in that scene, <clears throat> once the guy gets shot in the head, there's just like this out-of-nowhere close-up of like a clump of his long hair with the blood dripping yeah, sideways. It's and sick, that, isn't it? It's really fucking cool. Yeah. And you just kind of like... And then there's that whole thing where he's shot through the wall... <laughs> and he's so shot funny. the lady next door and then tries to choke and her that, and the lady and next door and the lady next door screams exactly like R2D suit. <laughs> it's yeah. really distracting. I also put that up. I was like, oh, uh, shit. not great sound design. The punch hits the scream reminiscent of Star Wars. Yeah. I was I was literally just about to say that. The punches are very Hollywood, aren't they? But it makes yeah. wait, but it makes sense, doesn't it? It's a dream because it's a not because it's a dream. But she's dreaming about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that mm. yeah. everything would be like she would imagine. Like this is what it sounds like when someone gets punched. Even though you know when like the um, Justin through his wife was like jumping on that guy's back and he hits yeah. her, it would obviously be like a dump sound. But it's like. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You just want you just want the graphic like pow up on yeah. the road. <laughs> but like that scene in and of itself. So the the guy goes in, he kills this guy. It's clearly someone he kind of knows. Yeah. He yeah. Then tries to make it look like suicide, but accidentally shoots through the wall, shooting it's the neighbor lady. who thinks she's yeah. been bitten by a bug when he goes to yeah. see what's going on. He yeah. then tries to kill her. It doesn't go to plan. He ends up like dragging her into the other room, and a cleaner sees him doing this and he's like yeah help kills her in the room the cleaner shows up in the room he kills the cleaner the vacuum cleaner starts going off so he, so kills he shoots the that cleaner. and the fire alarm goes off and it's all fucking nuts yeah. and it's yeah. funny it's like a, a it's one yeah. of the few kind of moments of kind of comedy it felt it felt like a scene from the nice guys yeah yeah one of those kind of chaotic <laughs> yeah. catastrophic like series of you know, events. Yeah. But what does it do? What does that do for the film? I know we learn that he's an assassin. Yeah. Or a hitman. Well, something that. But I what is th- that? Where's the relevance to I anything? I think the cleaner is sat next to her at the dinner. Oh yes, yes he is. Oh is my god, that? yes, yeah. He's the guy that they're like. He's like talking to her about stuff, and she's like obviously just like watching Camilla the whole time. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the same guy. Yeah, it is. I'd recognize that shit trim anywhere. <laughs> Definitely. 
definitely yeah. Yeah. So, to summarize this film a lot of bad haircuts that's, yeah. that's yeah. basically it it's it's more I mean, the, wet, the, the spiky either. the spiky the wet spiky. look justin through <laughs> that i'm not a fan of those thick rim glasses yeah mm. and this smile <laughs> I've never really rated him as an actor, to be honest. Was he in Parks and Rec? Is he? That one Let's time. Let's have a quick look. Maybe. Unless I'm misremembering. But wasn't he as as Leslie's boyfriend? He is in it, yep. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, he's Justin Anderson. Justin, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just know him as Louis Theroux's brother, mostly. That's kind of it. Are they related? Is he? Yeah, did you not know is, that? Is it another one of these where we don't know when people are related? No, they definitely are. It's his half-brother. Are they? Yeah. Half-brother? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think his dad moved to America or something after Louis was born. What the fuck am I looking the other, at? The other way around. I've got to quickly share my screen with the guys. Sorry to audio listeners and probably video listeners because they're not going to be... I just typed in Justin Theroux brother and this is what's come up. Okay. Um... It says Justin Theroux, brother, Sebastian Theroux, and then a picture of Dave Franco. Dave Franco. <laughs> I, I don't know what has gone on with Google. But I mean, it's not Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux is his brother. Just type Look, in our Louis See, there Theroux it's there. Justin People Theroux. also ask underneath. Oh, just, there we go. Oh, just send Louis Theroux related, but he's going to type it. They're cousins. Oh, right. I'll take it. Oh, well. That's okay. It it's two, two brothers. It's just two, two brothers. brothers. <laughs> two brothers. They're cousins. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess kind of any problem I have with most of the film can be explained away. My, yeah. my main thing, yes. I said to Nathan, this acting is terrible. And you said, uh, what's her name? Not, Watts. not Nicole Kidman. Naomi Watts. Not <laughs> Nicole Kidman. That's, That's a, a Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nathan was like, Naomi Watts is acting and this is amazing. And I'm like, I'm halfway through the film thinking, eh? Yeah, what? I just I was genuinely concerned on, about that, your bar. That last 40 minutes, though. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Spectacular. I, but then again, so reading about it, you know, some of it, it's in the first half. She is this kind of idyllic. New, new Hollywood girl who's kind of yeah. naive and silly and not quite all there. Yeah. Um, and then and she keeps later saying, on, she becomes. She keeps saying, son. "LA's a dream." Yeah. <laughs> By the oh, way. Oh god. And it is. It is. <gasps> oh, he keeps telling us, man. Crazy. <laughs> Whoa. No, but. I, I couldn't decide if it was an actual choice or if she's just better at playing dramatic. Because mm. her best acting was when she was acting... Acting. That scene. In the, oh, wow, yeah. When she was, that was yeah. insane. For, like, yeah. again, like in Silencio, in that sequence, I kind of forgot what the rest of the film was doing. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, sick, we're in the film. And this is a film, and it's all very good. T to me, that was because she never got that role in real life, so she was sort of playing it. Uh, and you don't know what's happening yeah. at first because you've seen her audition it with um, really bad with not badly, Rita, but like like really a soap different. opera sort of. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that's kind of the point because they laugh about it. At the end, yeah, about exactly. How ridiculous the dialogue exactly. is. Like a telenovela. And then, mm. and then uh, so you see it played out like that, and then you see you get see 
especially watching it now you know in the in mm. the climate of what we know has happened in hollywood yeah um and you see this older male actor be like, okay, we'll start the scene from here and pulls it insanely close. And, and, so yeah. and you're like, it, oh, yeah. what? No, don't yeah. do this. This whole like a full room full of men and like women who just seem to be sat there like, oh God. And you're like, mm, I know exactly what's going on here. It. And then yeah. she, they do that amazing shot where she puts her, uh, his yeah, he's hand like, on he, her He's hip. almost like hesitant to do it. Yeah. And she like pulls him in. Yeah. And she mm, puts, yeah. and it's, and it's like, it changes the entire mood instantly. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that scene. But it's like, still so uncomfortable to watch, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely no. Because they play the whole thing very close to just very, them. Very they don't close. go yeah. to the rest of the room. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't need to be. You don't need to see people's reactions to it. No. That, they, that their reactions completely kill are it. your reaction. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of like. I too was like. <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I think was, I wrote it was the best good. acting. Also, forty-five minutes in, they finally say it. They finally say Mulholland Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but it is shown on like a signpost, all. like at the start. Right at the start. I guess. I just felt like Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah. They said it. They said. It. <laughs> That's the name of the film. Yeah, I um, her acting in the the dramatic sequences, mm. even within the dream, felt more natural and mm-hmm. good i think it was just because mm. of it was very deliberate that she's supposed to be this doe-eyed you know uh expectant young actress at the start and it's supposed to be weird and mm. you're like you get in this constant vibe that it's it feels like almost like a commercial you know like it feels weird yeah. mm. uh so i think it was deliberate because she can play positively um but oh, then you can see it in that film yeah um, yeah. But then look at her in like a film like The Impossible. Like she's good at drama. What a fucking film. Well, that's all right. <laughs> what a fucking story. That too. That's, yeah. Is that the one with you and McGregor? Yeah. Little baby oh, Tom Holland. He's good in that actually. With his mouth full of frogs. So I mean, there's one. Th- there's one thing that I do really want to talk about, which yeah. is I found was very prominent through the whole thing, which is staying on a shot. For an excruciatingly long time. Mm -hmm. There's one in particular um, when. It's probably the one I've got written down. It's they're in the house. I think it's Diane at this point. We know Betty's not Betty. It's Diane. Yeah. And she's in the kitchen, and it's just a close up of Mm -hmm. like almost like a profile, maybe like just off angle, for a good twenty seconds or something. And I was there, just like. Yeah, <laughs> like hiding the whole time. So I was like, something is about to happen. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going yeah. on right now? Like, I was, Makes just, you so I just uncomfortable didn't want to watch scene. it. I I was because you know from watching film, and this is the thing that I found really interesting about the whole film. It kind of subverts expectation of what you already know is the language of cinema. Yeah, because you know. The point of view shots walking forward, it's going to reveal something. Something's going to be coming around the wall. It still frightens you. A close-up of someone for a long time, it's going to cut yeah. to something else. They're Lost going to see the something. Shot. It's going to be, yeah, exactly. And I, can, mm-hmm. I can't. Think and it never does the, it though. The composition of it entirely. Where's the? Is the negative space in front or behind? I'm it's like to think next of it to now. her. Okay. I think it's almost half and half. Yeah. So like she's on, she's on right side of frame, looking left. I it. I can't remember it exactly because I wasn't watching it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> <I was> hiding. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
It's yeah, when she just made that one. coffee, right? Where she thought she was talking to Camilla, and then she looks up and it's herself, and we cut to the wide, and it's just one yeah. person in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. But before that wide, there is her. Before it's the, uh, it shows it's Camilla, and then that's when it's that shot. Where she almost and, doesn't yeah. want to look. At yeah, ages. Which, yeah. Mm. And then it's revealed to be her. She's looking at yeah. herself making coffee. And that happens but it's a lot. So a lot of those really, really lot. Like just holding that shot for what yeah. feels like far too long. Because it, it kind of gets past the point where you're like, "This has gone on for too long," and now you're like, "I'm very uncomfortable right now." It yeah. does that so so well. Yeah, it reminded me of Kubrick in that way, um, mm. especially with those sort of POV shots. You know, of Kubrick sort of in The Shining when he's like going down the corridors really slowly. Yeah. Uh, and you get that when it's the POV shots of just following something and you're like, something's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going to be a jump scare, but it's going to make you go, well, that made me wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the same when they were going, not when they go in the house and find the body, but it's there's, there's a point where they're like walking around the house. I don't know if it's when Betty's just disappeared or something, but there's another one and it doesn't lead to anything. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I can't, and it's, it's just, because I remember at one point, again, I didn't write it down. I just ended up watching the film at some point. But it it felt to me like this massive build of tension and then nothing happens. But then it doesn't build on on it again. It doesn't like almost bring it back. You know, like in horror where it starts they'll building do like the thing. Again. Yeah, it'll be like they hear a sound, they turn around, they walk down this long corridor and nothing's there. They turn around, something's there. Yeah. Like a like a false positive of, of yeah. spookiness. Classic. But it never did anything. It never came back. It never built on that tension again. And that was the one time where I was like, I'm actually a bit disappointed with how they played that out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where it was. I think it was one of it those was bits where they're in the towards, house. Towards the end, right? Where um where Betty and um Rita come back from Silencio and uh they put the box on the bed. And then suddenly Betty's disappeared. And, and then I don't Rita think it was Rita, that Rita goes looking for her. But there and is then when she walks shot, when yeah. she walks out of the corridor, out of the door, it stays on the door. She and doesn't then, walk out. And then no, she does. And then no, her. She, she doesn't. I'm no, sure no, no. she does. The box. Ah. Uh. No, it just pans to the door, and then it's like the ant who owned the flat in the first place. Yeah. Because we stay on the door for fucking ages. I, I don't think uh, She walks out of it. She does. She walks out of it, and then the ant walks back in. And then the room's, like, clean. Yeah. Mm. And day, daytime. Mm. There is a, but there is a shot, I think it's when... Maybe it's, like, towards the shower or something. I can't remember. It's one of those ones in the house. It's a point of view shot. Oh, like, early it pushes on. pushes towards something, yeah. And it feels like there's going to be this big reveal or something, and nothing happens. Again, yeah, it, well, it I was I was messaging our, our group chat at that time. I can't remember what I was saying, but it was right on that scene. Uh, I'll get it up because I was I was so distracted midway through talking about it <laughs> that I was like, <laughs> uh, "Hold on, let me find it." Uh, <laughs> I was like. Yeah, well, I know David Lynch, so nothing will surprise me, but... Oh, there's a lady in the shower, apparently. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I expect weirdness, but I genuinely ne- nearly released my bowels at that hobo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, but I was busy talking about how weird something else is, and then it was like, oh, she's in this new apartment. Oh, there's someone in her shower. There's a lady. Okay. Well, uh, and then, the and then you find out that it's... Yeah. Speaking of the hobo, we see him twice. 
we see yeah. him at that kind of could call it kind of a jump scare. Yeah. With the guy talking about his dream and then going outside. Hi. (laughs) And he's being led to this scary moment by the guy he's with. Yeah. And it's kind of being. No, he leads him there, doesn't he? He's in front. The guy's behind him. He's kind of showing him, and it's almost Mm -hmm. like, I think he maybe looks back, and the guy's like, "Go on." Non-verbally, and. <laughs> and, and then he like collapses to the ground. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, "You're good. It's all, it's all chill." Like, that's the first time we see him. Mm-hmm. The second time we see him is when we're back in real life, or kind of when we start to blur the lines between the two. Almost at the end, we're, isn't it? We're back. Yeah, this is towards the very end. We're back behind the wall where the hobo lives, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> has the blue box that we yeah. saw. Yeah. Earlier, bear in mind, we're back in the real world with the actual key. He has the blue box, puts that in a paper bag, puts that down. Yeah. And then the two old people from the beginning, who are now tiny, <laughs> scamper out Come and out they're like, woohoo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, there's a really, really unsettling, like, bit of gristly meat in the bag that makes yeah. you feel really oh, uncomfortable. Wet. It's like a wet piece of raw meat. I yeah. was like, ah, I hate it. I was like, oh, I don't want to keep looking at this. But at that point, I put, because I put Dream Manners back, and then my next note was Tiny People, this film has gone to shit. What on God's green earth is this? <laughs> <laughs> There's just these tiny little. You know what? It reminds me, and this is so kind of tangent-y, tangential and bizarre. Oh, so one word. of my earliest memories from my childhood wasn't like a real-life memory. It was a dream. Okay. I think it's after watching... Is it Gulliver's Travels? What? No. What's ah, the film... You're surely too old. No. What's What's the film where it's like a guy on this island and he, there's loads of tiny people? That is Gulliver's Travels. That is Gulliver's yeah. Travels. So but it, like, you can't I'm have been so- that young when that came out. Uh, I think they did a remake. Maybe well, it's actually that. it is a it's a very classic book, so I'm sure there's probably an original film. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd seen it, but it was similar to that. I was in in the dream. I'm like three years old, maybe four, and I go right. to my mum's room in like our old house. She's doing something, and she leaves the room. I'm in like a dressing gown, bare feet, right? In oh, this dream, worst. this is a horrible fucking dream. In this dream. Loads of tiny people start scurrying out from under my <laughs> mum's bed and like throwing throwing ropes over my feet and tying them down and then they start chopping off my toes. I have <laughs> never forgotten that dream. They also start to then blend the toes and drink them. How yeah. old were you? Three or four. I would not sleep without my feet being tucked in like a burrito for like several years. Three or four, you're having drinks about your toes being blended and drank. Yeah, it was horrifying. So I think maybe that's part of my issue with the tiny people. With the tiny people. (laughs) It sounds like it it might be the source of all your issues. (laughs) (laughs) I just had the thought then. I didn't get that bit. Do you? I've just. Do you think it's their her parents? Like I don't know that she doesn't feel each other as strangers. Ish. Yeah, in the, they in, met in on the, the dream. Plane. In the dream, but, they do. Yeah. But this is back That's in reality when the tiny people and they come like chasing her at the end. I'm kind. Of, I'm I mean, it's thinking, certainly like, possible. 
it could be like she feels like they're disappointed in her because she went to Hollywood and didn't make anything of yeah. herself, so they're like they're chasing just her go down. And, yeah, yeah, it's true. That, that is that is what my parents do when I came it's, out of university. No. <laughs> they walk straight into a job. They both like followed me down a hallway, going. <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost it's like horrifying. mocking her. It's like mo- they're mocking her, and then she kills herself. Yeah. So it could it be like it's because the she, yeah, disappointment. she can't tell if she's awake or asleep at that yeah. point. But, and then I mean Silencio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it fucking goes to black credits. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, don't forget about the scene a, a few minutes before it where she furiously wanks on the couch for like an uncomfortable Crying. amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> Crying. Yeah. Like the, her vision keeps going out as well. Yeah. That was one thing yeah. I had. I I had personally think the sexual elements of the film are a bit gratuitous. Um But yeah, but that makes sense, right? Because they're dream dream sex, apart from when she's cranking that soldier boy on the couch. Not all of it as well, (laughs) and even when she's Diane, we don't. Is it dream? Is it not? If she's Diane, is it awake? Because we see kind of callbacks to when they're together, and Camille's like, "We, I said, don't do this again," even though I told you to come here and. Yeah. See, I didn't see that as a callback. I saw that as part of her. She's so she's got insomnia, so she can't differentiate what's dream and what's real anymore yeah Mm. but i just i see what you mean it it could work as a callback yeah but then i mean it's something that we we kind of did at university it's kind of the history of the male gaze in cinema i know we're getting there yeah i get what you mean it it did feel like a movie where it was like you know, a typical dude like we're gonna have to see boobs soon. Yeah, I'm making a movie. I can't. I can't make a movie me. without boobs. Yeah. When 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 she was like coming to bed, and then she's like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. towel off. <laughs> okay. Where's your jammies? Yeah. I'm in jammies. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, I was literally like, not even, like, yeah. I was, I was like, oh, weird. But okay. Me and Hannah were like, oh, boobs. Okay. <laughs> and then they happen to get like they happen again and then there's the masturbation scene and i mean that's what i do when i'm going a bit mental and i can't sleep granted you know but i it, it was a joke was it wasn't though was it usually without the crying usually but with, but with the but with the blacking out <laughs> yeah I couldn't tell. Was that was that tears like blowing her vision or like I th- I waves of orgasms? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh. Oh, well, actually, if it makes if what Max was saying, it makes sense that it's like coming in and out of consciousness, basically, rather than yeah. tears. And maybe that's her only way to kind of just stay awake is to feel something. Yeah. I yeah. That's sad. That yeah, but I just there are elements of it, and I'm like, okay, well, 2001. I suppose it's a different time. And we like to see boobs on TV. I mean, we always like to see boobs on TV. Don't we all? But I mean, we talked about Game of Thrones last week. Yeah. Boobs! <laughs> True. And we, True. we did well not to mention boobs. I mean, I think it came up once. Yeah, no, it, it barely came up. Yeah. Boobs. Props Fair to play. us, let's pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> Maybe because we're not, like, tasteless cunts, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I found myself... Than just boobs. <laughs> I was thinking, like, five years ago, I'd be like, Nice one! Titties! <laughs> But I was kind of watching this thinking, is this necessary to what we're seeing? Or is this just But again, kind of it just makes you yeah. feel uncomfortable, right? The yeah, point exactly. of the film is, to, to, is, is an overwhelming sense of being uncomfortable. That it, it's, yeah. you know, if you do go and watch the film, be prepared to be 
not comfortable for two and a half hours. Like, mm. that yeah. is just what the film is. And one of the kind of, I suppose, getting to the wrap-up stages of, of the podcast, um, one of the things I read afterwards, because I didn't have a fucking clue, and bear in mind, none of them said it was a dream, for the record. I think it's not unreasonable yeah. to say it would be a dream. And, you know, you get reviewers of kind of highbrow kind of we know film magazines yeah get a bit wanky let's be fucking real you know um one of the interesting things that i did read is mulholland drive itself is a famous road in hollywood or in in yeah la um and kind of at the top of it it's like you've got miles and miles of actual asphalt road it turns into a dirt track that on its own can be taken as some sort of visual representation of hollywood but up right. at the top of the hill that it's on, you can basically see, like, Hollywood, like, downtown LA, and you see the bright lights and all of that. You see the vast emptiness of the Pacific Ocean. You see, uh, I can't remember what it was called, the Something Valley, where That's basically all the porn is made. Yeah. Um, oh, right, yeah. And another place, in another direction. And it's kind of that road is the cross-section of all these different things and we kind of see it we see the bright lights of hollywood we see the kind of Mm -hmm. gratuitous sexual side of things like in in the porn industry and we see the kind of vast emptiness that you can feel up there that is the pacific ocean and it's it there Mm -hmm. are elements of the wankiness that you kind of go actually i can see it Mm. And the film kind of encapsulates what you can see on the road. Yeah. Would you watch it again? To study, not to enjoy. Because although by the end of this, I maybe retract my phrase. Your least favorite film of all time. Oh, no, I didn't enjoy it. It's still my least favorite film. I was going to say, if you change your opinion on it. It was actively bad. Okay, good. That's fine. Passively bad at worst. What what would you rate it out of ten? So what what would you have rated out of ten after watching it? How many boobs were in it? Um, <laughs> no, um, I, d- I I didn't like it. That's the thing. That's fine. You could. There say were elements. I would say score. maybe like a three out of ten. Mm. Oh, yeah. And now that now that we've talked about it, would you still give it a three? I would have to break it down. <sighs> <laughs> like I would genuinely into like different categories like yeah did I enjoy this film still no I didn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that we've talked about it before it's subjectivity I like lit- I like storylines I like mm. telling a story um, you like the greatest wh- showman don't fucking come at me like that <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it <laughs> Uh, but like linear non-linear as long as there's a story being told and there's like people to connect with like i like that i couldn't connect to anyone Mm. because it was purposefully so disconnected Um, yeah i can appreciate the art form that it is it's not kind of mass consumption cinema no it's no i get i i i I totally agree with you um, oh, I, I don't agree. Would I, I, I would say a seven and a half to an eight. Um, 
I Ten. yeah. Um, I thought the last hour of that film was some of the best cinema I've ever seen. Mm. But the first hour and a half wasn't. Not so much. So, <laughs> so it was like, okay, I get that it was. I get why it was all weird and like Maybe. that and the parts of it that I didn't like were explained when I understood it or at least my interpretation of understood it um, but that last hour was just so good that mm. it, it would be hard for me to say that I didn't think it was really good and didn't have a good time with it um, but yeah it can't, I, I'm not going to give it any higher than that because I didn't have a good time with it as such yeah, yeah I would max yeah. out at 7 I think for that film. I I I I thought about it and I was like I would give it an 8. I think aside, you know, I thought it was slow as well. Yeah. That whole first it's like an hour and a half that you're like I will I did find myself kind of looking at my phone and being like holy shit, it's yeah. only been 20 minutes. Like what is going on right now? But then as soon as you get past that point, it it almost feels like you're rewarded for getting through it because it's just like like you said that hour it's just it just goes by and i did feel like that i was like this is just some of the most incredible piece of filmmaking i've i've seen for a long time it's yeah I, I, how has it taken me this long to watch it but saying mm-hmm. that five six years ago i probably would have hated this film yeah i don't think i could have appreciated it yeah, if, same, if i was sure. if i had just gone and watched it thinking it would be like any other film or not really understanding the the thought process behind what what i was watching yeah 100 i think i agree yeah 100 well this was a, a fun one i i like yeah. i said was absolutely thrilled when when you announced it i think you <laughs> smashed it out of the park with your choice because uh something that we can definitely all talk about in depth and also anything that will actively piss off alex just makes me happy so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are letting alex pick next week's film and he's picking uh, the greatest show. Return. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. No, no. Um, I think it'd be interesting if we watched the film we, we hadn't seen. Again, even what I haven't seen. So mm. I'll have a look around and see what I can find. Yeah. But I think excellent. I'll fucking enjoy. <laughs> yeah. No, Which means uh, it'll suck. <laughs> that is why Max is the white film dude. <laughs> Hey, you come at me for Greatest Showman, I'll come right back, okay? (laughs) Hugh Jackman is a saint! He is, I agree. Uh, The songs in it are good too. It's just a shame about the story and everything else. Kind of work. (laughs) Horrible CGI thing. You joke, it could be interesting to delve into it. But let's not. I will pick a different film. (laughs) Side eye. I do hate it. (laughs) We'll do Um, Lame Is the film. I like that film. Yeah. I know. I know. I, Russell Crowe. Yeah, but I like him in it. <laughs> Sam Barks repping the Isle of Man, though. Big up. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, anyway. someone's, yep. someone's got to be from there, you know. What an ending. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> no, Nathan already did that. <laughs> I'm not keeping that bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, well, well now that you've right. joined us, um, it's time to go. Yeah, well, Alex, I'm going to let you yet. do the outro this week. I've done yeah, it. You have to plug I've done stuff. it for 12, 11 weeks in a row now, so I want you to do it. Okay, uh, so I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, give us a follow on all of our socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Check. TikTok. 
we are glass line media we're also on twitter uh, if you're listening on spotify give us a cheeky a cheeky follow um anywhere else you know give us a follow and a like and a subscribe and a share um, youtube is the platform he's talking about that is youtube the one you're watching about. this on if you're these watching us on this one these buttons or if you're listening uh, max was put into buttons um you know uh, if you're looking for a wild ride of a film watch mulholland drive um if you want to be happy don't um, <laughs> <laughs> and i guess yeah that's the up. best that's the best <laughs> yeah. review you could have given it yeah yeah and uh Silencio. That's all I've got. Silencio. Silencio.